0: Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello, and thank you for tuning into another episode of Health Mystery Solved. It's been a little longer than usual since my last solo episode, as things have been very busy around here. A lot of my patients are needing more of me. Lots of supplements are going to all areas of the country, and my team and I are also working remotely, so we're in separate locations, which just requires all of us to work a little bit more around the clock. To be totally honest... I was feeling quite overwhelmed during the first few weeks of this and had this phrase, I don't know how I'm going to do it all, literally playing on a loop in my head, which obviously was not a very healthy thing to do. Thankfully, after a few conversations with one of my trusted mentors, I was able to quickly reframe this. She told me about the salt and pepper experiment story, which I've since shared with some of you that I've recently talked to, but basically in the story, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit from what she told me, but there was a dinner table that was filled with food and drinks and the table had silverware and everything else on it. And two people at the table were in on the experiment while the others were part of the experiment. Once everyone sat down, the two people that were in on the experiment said, wow, There's no salt and pepper on the table. How weird. Meanwhile, the salt and pepper were right there in the middle of the table in plain sight. They kept repeating it and saying how strange it was that there was no salt and pepper and they wanted some. The interesting thing is that all of the other people at the table started to agree with them, also saying how strange it was that there was no salt and pepper on the table, even though it was right there. Isn't this wild? So even though the salt and pepper were clearly right there for everyone to see, because people were saying it's not there, others were literally just not seeing it. Their brains were listening to what was said, and their eyes were just looking right past it. This was so helpful for me to hear because even though I intellectually knew that saying how busy I am over and over was not good, it didn't completely click right away. And that story just really kind of helped to connect it for me to see like, my goodness, you know, what you say really tells your brain what's actually going on or not going on. And so the more that we know that what we repeat to ourselves is going to be the main and only thing our brain hears and then subsequently sees, the more we can hopefully be aware and then catch it and hopefully reframe it. So I refocus now and now I just say, thank you. Thank you for having the work right now. Thank you for allowing me to help all of the people that need my support. I am thankful to still be able to ship supplements to everyone that needs them. I'm also extremely thankful that my nanny's still here and able to take care of Jake so that my husband and I can work. And I'm thankful to be getting tons of emails each day with insightful questions and support requests. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, try this and see if there's a way that you could try to flip things even just a little bit so that certain words and phrases are not playing on a loop in your brain as well. Now, I wanted to also do a quick shout out to Jen G for leaving a super sweet five-star review. Jen is actually one of my very first clients. It's hard to believe how many years have passed. Jen wrote, I started working with Ina in 2004, and she's been an angel in my life. She's helped me navigate health challenges to get to the root cause of the underlying issues. Ina's warm nature and brilliant holistic approach is the best. When I had several health concerns to address, Ina has helped me to wisely prioritize. I love the podcast and learn so much from every episode. Jen, thank you so much for the super sweet and thoughtful review. And if you guys like the show and can post a review, I would so appreciate it. And I'd love to also know which cases you found the most helpful and what you guys want to hear more about. And speaking about hearing more about things... I've been getting a lot of emails with specific questions about different types of immune support. What is right for you? What is right when? Especially over the last few weeks. I answer as many emails as I can and notice that there are some questions that I've been getting over and over again. So many of you want to know similar things. And I thought that it would be a good idea to answer some of the main ones on the show. And if you guys like this, I can start incorporating an Ask Ina Anything episode every month or two and answer all of your burning questions. Now, for this one, I picked the main immune ones. Uh, But going forward, you can feel free to ask me about any and all health topics. And you could submit your questions by email at hello at healthmysterysolve.com or through the contact form right on the website healthmysterysolve.com. The first question was, should I be taking different vitamins for general immune support and prevention versus if I'm already sick or feeling like I'm coming down with something? This is a great question, and the answer is yes, yes, yes. So my recommendation for general immune support for a typical 150-pound person are 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I personally use the C plus BioFizz from Designs for Health, which makes a yummy fizzy drink, but capsules like Stellar C or any C that you already have at home is great. I also recommend 30 milligrams of zinc. I use the Zinc Supreme from Designs and adequate vitamin D. The dosage of vitamin D is going to vary some if you know your actual vitamin D status. And I like to have people somewhere between the 50 and 80 range on a blood test. If, however, you don't know your levels, but you have not supplemented with vitamin D recently, and especially if you live in a Northern Hemisphere, 5,000 international units of vitamin D would typically be recommended. There has been some early evidence correlating that those with higher vitamin D levels who get COVID tend to have more mild symptoms. Vitamin D should ideally come with K so that we prevent calcification of tissues and organs. And I use the liquid D for those who may have issues with fat-soluble vitamins, that's called D synergy, and the vitamin D supreme, which is the capsule version of that for others. Additionally, silvercillin which is a liquid silver, is a wonderful tool for general immunity and prevention, and most people do very, very well with these. However... If you are already sick, these dosages would definitely change and other things can be added to help you better fight infection. For my clients that are already sick and email me when they first become symptomatic, and by the way, this goes not just for COVID, but can be applied really to any infection, such as a cold or flu or any type of respiratory illness, I, along with many of my integrative colleagues, recommend that they increase vitamin C significantly for the course of about a week or so until they're feeling better. We would want to do this in divided doses and very often. So it would look something like taking 500 to 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C every 30 to 60 minutes to bowel tolerance. Now what that means is that you would essentially do this until you get diarrhea, which is when your body says that you've had enough and you're saturated with vitamin C. And by the way, I I understand diarrhea is not comfortable, no one wants to get it, but it's not really bad for your body, it just kind of shows you how much vitamin C you can take and then obviously you stop when you get diarrhea. And then you would restart either later in the day or the next day and do this for a few days while you're sick until you feel better. There is a lot of research about high dose vitamin C helping to fight infections. Using intravenous vitamin C is also great, but of course this is not something that we can all have access to. So taking it orally in this way works really well to saturate your cells with vitamin C. I also recommend that people double their dose of zinc to 60 milligrams a day for the duration of their illness, but really not too, too much longer than that, just for about a week or so. Silver is also very helpful in acute stages, and I recommend taking two tablespoons twice a day for the duration of the illness. I am also a huge fan of oregano, and I recommend taking either three capsules of the oil of oregano gel caps. And doing that about twice a day, or I have people take three drops of essential oil of oregano mixed in a little bit of either coconut oil or olive oil. It's really strong, so you don't want to take it straight and do that twice a day for the duration of the illness. If they're still feeling off and if the illness is more severe, I add monolaurin, this is a compound derived from coconut oil, and it breaks down the cell wall of the virus and other bugs as well. So it's a great way to slow down the progression and weaken the infection. I also like using garlic. I use either the allicin from Designs for Health at three gel caps twice a day, or the Alimed at two capsules per day. And by the way, if you guys want to learn more about any of these, I will have links to all of these in the show notes. Notice that the things that I recommend here are not typically herbal, and the reason for that is autoimmunity. Many of my clients have autoimmune diseases, and I know that many of you listening may as well. So this brings me to the next question, which is, are all immune support supplements safe if I have an autoimmune disease? This is a very important question, and the answer here is no. If you have an autoimmune disease, the immune system is already overactive against your own organs. What many immune herbs do is they boost the immune system. And while that seems like a good idea, if you're fighting an infection and you stimulate the immune system, you don't just stimulate the part that fights the infection. You actually stimulate everything, the whole immune system, including the part that fights your own organs too. And we certainly don't want that. If you know that you have an autoimmune disease, please be mindful about immune-boosting herbs. Some of the main ones are echinacea, astragalus, reishi and other immune-supporting mushrooms, green tea, and elderberry. The things that are safe are all the things that I mentioned before, so vitamin C, zinc, D, oregano, and garlic. Many people are surprised to hear this because unfortunately this is not talked about nearly enough. And I just wanted to make sure that you are aware. Speaking of immune herbs, the next question is about elderberry. And many of you wanted to know what is the deal with elderberry? Autoimmunity aside, elderberry has been talked about so much about being great for COVID, but now we're hearing it's not good anymore. What is actually true? First, I want to say that because COVID is so new, we still don't have the best handle on it. So we're learning new things each day. And with this new information, we're able to make better decisions and better recommendations as we learn. The consensus right now, though, is that you can very safely and effectively take elderberry for prevention and for mild symptoms, unless you have autoimmunity, in which case you would need to be careful with it. However, if you do test positive for COVID and the infection progresses to the later stages, that is when we would want to stop elderberry. The reason is that in the later stages, the immune system is very overwhelmed by the virus and mounts what we call a cytokine storm, which is essentially where a lot of inflammatory compounds are produced and released and a lot of inflammation is created in the process, which is what could be so damaging to all of your organs. The thought is that because elderberry upregulates the immune system, it may contribute to further production of some of those cytokines and can make the problem worse. However, it's still very much safe and recommended for prevention. Question number four is about zinc. We are hearing about the positive effects of zinc on all types of infections and wanted to know if more is better. Zinc is very beneficial, but what's important to know is that zinc is a mineral and all minerals work together with other minerals in the body and have both synergistic and antagonistic effects. Zinc and copper are one of those pairs, and when you take very high doses of zinc, you can push out and deplete your copper. That's why I don't recommend more than 30 milligrams of zinc generally for prevention unless you're taking extra copper. And while it's safe to double the zinc if you're feeling sick, you're doing this for a short period of time, a week or two, so that's not going to be an issue for copper. However, if you were worried about COVID and take tons of zinc for months and months without first checking your copper levels and properly balancing it, that can definitely be a problem. And copper deficiency can potentially lead to more bacterial infections and problems with the blood and even things like aneurysms. A hair test is a great way to measure levels of both zinc and copper. So if you're worried, you can always consider running a hair test. It's quick It's easy and it's not very expensive. I'll put a link in the show notes of how you can order a test on your own. When you get the results, or if you already have recent hair test results, you want to look at not just the individual zinc and copper levels, but at the ratio of the two. Ideally, the zinc to copper ratio should be around eight. So if your ratio is below eight, you can use more zinc. However, if you are above 8, you would need to make sure you're taking extra copper along with the zinc that you're taking. Well, there you have it. My answers to your top immune questions from the last few weeks. I figured if so many people were emailing about it, you may want to know the answers to these as well. Going forward, we will put an Ask Ina Anything episode between some of the cases. And while these of course were all immune related based on the times, the questions that you submit can be about any health related topic. So if you have questions, I would love to answer them in an upcoming show. Just email us at hello at healthmysterysoft.com or through the contact on the website. If you know anyone that would be interested in hearing the answers to these questions as well, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to the show because the next health mystery, the next topic or the next question episode that we have will be automatically waiting for you in your favorite podcast app. As always, when it comes to your health issues, please don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mysteries Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.